0: Back, uh, it's finally good to be back. Uh, I haven't been back in a while—almost a month, really. I was in camp for a month, uh, took a little break from the podcast. Even have even if I wouldn't would have been on uh, the service was really bad uh, where I was in Pennsylvania. So spent four weeks in camp. Kaylee had a great time, had a blast. But now we're back. Good to see you, Chris. It's been a while since we've been together. Um, yeah. first episode almost three episodes. I, m- I missed. Three episodes, Ed Stein, I saw you did two by yourself, so I'm sure you missed a lot. Um, I mean, of course you missed me, but how were those two episodes, by the way? Didn't get to uh, take a look at those. Oh, that's
1: that's crushing, man. (laughs) Uh, No, welcome back. Great to have you back. A little lonely, trying to do it by myself and everything, and uh, you know, just have some some topics topics where I can't ask for like, like, hey, what's what's your opinion? opinion? Uh, Because there's there's nobody nobody else else. there to give an opinion (laughs) but me, so So, definitely great to have you back. back. I think, I think they're, they're fine. fine. Um, you, you know, know kind of a little, a little bit tricky. All star break makes things a little, little bit more challenging because the, so much of the baseball, baseball world is about what's going on with the all star break, break, and teams are kind of shutting shut things down, down, and players, players are maybe resting a little, a little bit more, more frequently, frequently because, because they know they got, got the all star break, so they need an extended Break, break and everything, and everything. So, so a little bit, little bit more, more challenge but okay. I, think I think came up with some decent topics, topics and hopefully made for some decent shows, shows. So, so it was, it was nice, nice to do that, do that. kind of it's nice doing it by myself but you know at, at the, the end, end of the end day, day really like this works, works so much, much better, just better just with the two, two of us,
0: us. yeah um well with that i got a lot of baseball to catch up on uh i missed a good month of baseball i i, I would say that i kept myself in the loop enough to know uh what's going on like i i kept up with with the yankees obviously uh I, I, here and there i checked in on other stuff uh kept up with i really kept up with like the more important things wasn't really watching games and really could have watched games but got mm-hmm. a, a lot to catch up on um but you know this is a good chance cuz you've been on your baseball game i haven't so got to learn from you here but oh. another addition as chris can show you with his shirt. I still haven't gotten my shirt, uh, but As I didn't even send him my money. I gotta pay him and then hopefully I'll get it. And next week, maybe he will even have it. Um, but since Chris is wearing the shirt, it is time for our bi weekly replacement level players. Because uh, you can't do it without me. So now that I'm here, it's been yeah. three weeks, guys. So sorry that we couldn't have our replacement level players. But now that we do, it's time. So, let me go first. Uh, I'm going to go with my hitter first. So, on the hitting side, both of my players are actually in New York. Not in the same team. So, my first hitter is going to be Pete Alonso. six for his last 52 at-bats, hitting hitting 4.043 in the past seven games. Just one for 23 in, over that stretch. He's hit just two homers in the past 15 games, despite being... Actually ranks fifth in the majors and home runs, and just third in the NL behind Matt Olsen and Mookie Betts. His OPS dropped to 779 and is now hitting just 203. And everyone knows that the Mets are really struggling and, you know, it's not really what we expected out of such a team that spent that much money and are top three in payroll. But that is what's going on with the Mets, and they're five games under 500 right now, 16 and a half behind the Braves, who just can't stop winning. So I think... The key here, at least for the Mets, is obviously getting Alonso back on track. Because if they have any shot of make at least making a wildcard spot, uh, which are actually seven out, seven games out right now, the Phillies, the third wildcard spot, then they're gonna at least have to have Alonso pick things up. Because if that doesn't happen, then they pretty much have no chance of making a wildcard spot. Division, the division at least is way um, out of reach for now. I don't think the Mets can come back from such a deficit, but the wide-card spot still can be on the table. So Alonso, pick things up, sir.
1: Yeah, and you probably missed it. it. Uh, He did did beam one kid kid at the home run derby. I don't know if you were able to catch that or
0: not. Did not see that, but There
1: there are a couple kids kids that that took took a few not home home run run balls, got got some some injuries and stuff like that. I don't know if you saw Vlad Romero smoked one kid like in the face like in in the eye and it's like all swollen up and everything's pretty, pretty bad, bad. uh um, but no but for no, my replacement player, player I'm, I'm gonna, gonna go, go with now, the now once hot, hot since then reds and who are now outfading. fading uh, uh, i believe I'm they're like three, three and seven, seven over the last ten, ten games. games yeah yeah, 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 yeah three, three and seven, seven so uh but we're going with spencer spencer steer uh, no, I know I kind of talked talk about, about him. him, I think, a little, a little while back about possibly about being a replacement, replacement player, player for the All-Star, All-Star game games. because he's doing, doing really good. Well, he, he finally gets to the be the replacement level player because he's doing really bad. Over the last two, two weeks, he's gone three, three for 32 with just one, one run scored, two two blocks, 13 strikeouts. Nothing else. No extra base hits at all. Just three singles for a .094 average and a two forty one OPS. And kind of like the Reds, he's been in a slump and... The whole, the whole team's, teams been a slump. in a slump so, so there, there should be a bounce him. Be he's been very, very very good all season good. long so I wouldn't be too concerned about out. it maybe it's a so little bit of like rookie, rookie wall from, from him, him or just, just the, the fact that something's going on with the Stanley reds, reds and they're, they're all kind of slumping but you know he is my guy for my replacement level hitter for pitching I'm going to go with Another guy that I said should be in the all-star break, uh, and that is going to be Joe Ryan of the Minnesota Twins. Over his last handful of starts, which totaled up to nine and two-thirds innings, he's given up three home runs, walked five batters, struck out 17 which is phenomenal. Um, no wins, no quality starts for a beautiful 7.45 ERA and a 1.55 whip. Um, like I was talking about with Ryan earlier, uh, he's kind of been alternating a good start with a bad start, and they've kind of coincided with who the opponent is. If it was a good team, they you know he's he was phenomenal. And if they were a bad team, or if they were a good team, he struggled. And if they were a bad team, he did really well. Well, in his last couple starts, he played Oakland and Baltimore and... Baltimore he was lit up in for 10.38 ERA in that start and then Oakland uh, he was you know a little bit better you know kind of half that ERA with 5.06 so hopefully he can get things turned around he's been great on the season with a 3.77 ERA eight wins um, in his 19 starts and a uh, 131 strikeouts over 112 innings so I'm not too worried about him, but for now, he is our replacement-level pitcher on my side, but Rafal, tell us who you've got for yours.
0: Yeah, so, before I get to my personal pitcher, I actually wanted to mention something. I was actually thinking about going with Volpe on the hitting side, uh, just because he is back to his rookie slumps. I think that a lot of Yankee fans, before he really broke out, which was, like, But right before the summer, he really peaked. He was really hot. Uh, That was after everyone, when he got his, uh, I think it was his Uh, parm. Talking Yanks actually made a shirt about that. Uh, I think it was his grandma. He made uh, a specialty, uh, I think it was like Parmesan cheese, something like that. I don't know, something like that. Uh, But (laughs) that kind of sparked things for him. Uh, he really went on a tear, and then it kind of slowed things down again. I think he's like three for his last twenty nine, something like that. Um, but I went with, I went with Alonso just because he's more a more established hitter and someone that should be hitting better than he is right now. So on the pitching mm-hmm. side, I went, I stayed with my stripes. Uh, I'm sure you had this in mind. Coles were done. Ever since he came back, uh, he's made just three starts since being reinstated from that chronic back issue and the forearm issue that he dealt with since really just in the offseason and really just into the season. But now he's back and he's made just three starts. Uh, He's faced the Angels, Rockies, and Cubs. And through those three starts, 7.36 ERA, 12 hits, 12 earned runs, four homers, and a 1.43 whip, which is 11 strikeouts. Definitely not the level that uh, pitching and quality pitching you can expect from such a prominent pitcher as Rodon 11, 11 strikeouts. Uh, that's not even four strikeouts per outing. Uh, so he really needs to pick things up. I think that this could just be, you know, getting back into things and kind of finding his form because he did miss a good amount of time. Uh, he missed close to two and a half, two months of baseball. Uh, which is, I don't know, what, 10, 11 starts. But now that he's back, uh, many thought, and a lot of Yankees fans, like myself, expected that the Yankees would start winning games, at least when he started. But like this, he's given three losses in all three of his starts. All three of his starts were losses. And it's just not what everyone expected when he, from what he would, when he would come back. So hopefully he can pick things up. Uh, the Yankees do need to win games. Uh, just There's nothing more to say, really. They need to win, and they're not. Uh, as They just got swept by the Angels. But, Chris, now that we've covered our placement-level players, why don't we talk about a little interesting topic, Some, a topic that Chris criticized at first, actually. But now that I explained myself a little bit, he sort of got into it. I saw that we texted last night. And I was like, hey, Chris, I got an idea. He's like, eh? But I... Tossed up what my what I thought, pushed in my ideas, and we got him into it. So this today's topic is gonna be payroll. So everyone knows and everybody knows that the top three teams and the top three highest payrolls are all teams that currently do not have a playoff spot. We got the Mets three hundred forty eight million. The Yankees two seventy nine million and the San Diego Padres two forty seven. The Phillies are started picking things up. They have the fourth highest payroll, so they will not be part of that. But this is a pretty interesting topic just because these teams spend the most money and this kind of proves that maybe spending money does not buy win games. And that's kind of been the storyline here. Uh, at least since the beginning of the season, these three teams are just not playing a good brand of baseball. And, you know, definitely underperforming, completely underperforming, because if you if you look at all preseason rankings and all preseason projections all three of these teams are top five contenders and they were all supposed to be top five in every power rankings in the middle of july but that's not where we're at right now all three of these teams are under 500 so chris what do we got here
1: uh, i mean like, like you said, said you know, the the money, money can't buy wins, wins. uh it's uh, argued if it can, can buy you happiness or not clearly I'm as a yankees fan who's upset that his big Big free agent pitcher who's only made a handful of starts coming back from injuries, not performing at an all-star level, uh, clearly does not buy you happiness in baseball in the baseball world either. But it's it is kind of interesting to see that all three of those teams, not one is in the playoffs. They're all on the outside looking in, and not even just like trying to win a the division. They're all on the outside looking in at at the final wild card spot. And really the the Yankees are the team that is the closest to actually making it in in playoffs. They're three and a half games back of Toronto for that last wild card spot. Um, I'm sure you'll love it that they're also a game behind Boston, who's only two and a half games back of that final wild card spot. So you know you're, the better team in the Boston Red Sox is you know currently ahead of the Yankees. But the Padres are six and a half back, and the Mets are seven games back. And you know in looking at the rosters and kind of not just this season, but kind of moving forward, it's the teams are have some similarities. Like they've got a fairly decent pool of you know upcoming players in their in their um, farm system and everything like that. But not one of those teams has a, a frontline starting pitcher that they could you know look to and say, okay, this is a guy, you know, next season or maybe late in the year we'll call him up to the majors and see what he's got. Most of the teams that have starting these teams that have starting pitchers, they're middle of the rotation guys at best. Most of them are back of the end back end starters who could be moved into the bullpen to see if they're more effective there. So, you know that's kind of unfortunate because these teams do have a lot of star quality players that they can get a good return in. But if they're going to go that route of selling, you know, selling at the trade deadline, they should really look at targeting some very young. Starting rotation guys who are going to be or could be frontline starters. Um, you know, looking at the Mets, they've got some notable impending free agents um, like Max Scherzer, who has a player option for I think what is it, forty-one point five million or something like that um next season. And I know there's been a lot of talk about him possibly being traded at the trade deadline, which again makes sense because he is that frontline starter and there's a lot of teams out there who are competing for the playoffs in World Series that could use a, a Max Scherzer on their roster, even if he's a little bit older and not kind of, you know, having classic Max Scherzer type seasons. But um that that player option it, it's I'm sorry, it's $43.3 million that he's got the player option for. So that's a lot of money, and I think that's really going to hurt some of the teams that are out there that could uh, could really need him. I mean, he's going to take up a big portion of team salary caps or, or you know salary um, out there for them, and I think it would limit on teams that would be interested in trading him and then also because those teams would be trading for him, like, say, the Dodgers, they know that they may be one of – just a handful of other teams are competing against it. They may not want to spend a lot to try to get him. And, you know, I don't blame him because you kind of know that this guy is going to be, you know, possibly a free agent next season. Most likely not because I don't know. I think it'd be very hard to turn down 43.3 million. Um, But, you know, I'm not in that position. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's a different feeling, but, you know, they've also got Carlos Carrasco, Who I would say is kind of another notable name. I mean, the big guy is really Mark Scherzer or Max Scherzer. Then they've got Mark Canna, Tommy Pham, Dave Robertson, you know, some guys that are going to be interesting pieces for them. But they could be in line to sell. And I would say if they're going to, they really need to kind of look at getting some frontline help for them um, moving forward. The Yankees, they don't really have any notable free agents. I mean, you've got Frankie Montas, who's been out all season long, Luis Severino and Josh Donaldson, Harrison Bader, Wandy Peralta. I mean, those are nice guys to have, and you can definitely make cases for them to be brought back and be part of the Yankees going forward. But at the same time, you can also make a strong case that, you know, it's time to move on from them. I mean, Donaldson is going to be 38 next year. Severino's going to be 30, but he's missed a lot of time and kind of been a little bit ineffective here and there and stuff. Montas, who knows what he's going to be like coming back. And then Bader, he, when he's in, and he's healthy. He can be a good player, but he's going to miss time. And again, you know, is he a guy that is worth bringing back or not? So, um it will be interesting to see what the Yankees do. I think of these three teams, he's the Yankees are the most interesting because they don't have that frontline starter in the minors. They've got some guys who could be middle of the rotation. Um, they've also got a pretty good you know, player system for them coming up that for me personally, I kind of feel like the Yankees need to just let the young guys play. Um, young guys tend to be healthier than the older guys. I mean, the Yankees roster isn't, it's it's not terribly old, but it's almost like they just play older than they are. I mean, DJ LeMahieu is 34, Stanton and Anthony Rizzo are 33. Um, those are kind of your three oldest guys on the roster who get the most playing time. And they're not, you know, doing anything close to what we've seen them do in the past or anything like that. So um, it's... Yeah, it'll be interesting what they do. I if I'm the Yankees, I'm letting the young guys play and letting them see what we have in there. Maybe we go out and you know this offseason we kind of look to get some youth at some key positions. Um, You know, especially especially in the rotation when you've got Garrett Cole and then it's kind of about it. I do think Carlos Rodon will round back into form, so I'm not too worried about him. But for now, it's not looking too good. And for the Padres, you know you have got a pretty good farm system coming up. They've got a couple notable free agents in Josh Hader and Blake Snell, who've also been rumored to be dealt at the trade deadline, which for me, looking at your Padres, they're just a very top-heavy team. I mean, you've got your Stars in Bogerts, Tatis, Soto, and Machado, and they're not getting much from anything else. Um, and I think that's a big issue from them. And even when you look at the rotation, you Darvish – is not doing things that we've seen him do in the past and he's having a down year. So um, all three of these teams, I'd say their biggest reasons to why they're failing is because of poor rotation. And they need to, they really need to look into getting that turned around and it, it will be, interesting to see what they do this offseason considering like we're talking about they've got a lot of money they can go out they can buy players they can buy talent they've got some good farm systems um you know we've seen with the Padres they're not afraid to move a lot of their farm hands to get star players um so they're they've got the means and they're not scared of using it but it it hasn't worked out for them. So is it worth trying to do it again? Or maybe just kind of saying, Hey, we won't be so aggressive. Let's just see if maybe we can get some of our current guys to bounce back. And, you know, we'll just move forward there and just kind of let the market dictate to us how we want to act as opposed to us dictating how the market should go. But, you know,
0: I've talked a lot, Rafal, let's hear from you. So, I think, from what you said, I think the biggest takeaway from all these three teams is just relying on your core guys. Uh, I think the storyline here for Yankees Mesa Padres is that you're relying a lot on your core guys. When they don't produce, you're looking at the role players. And in the Yankees case, you're looking at Josh Donaldson, you're looking at Isaiah Kyner-Falefa, you're looking at a Harrison Bader, who's obviously uh, a little better than just a role player. Um, but. When guys like Aaron Judge, who's obviously hurt, guys like John Carlos Stanton, Anthony Rizzo, those guys, those core guys that you expect that they should be producing and, you know, giving the spark in order for a team to win games, uh, or in the Padres case, Soto's obviously picked it up. Uh, Machado just came back from, what was it, a wrist injury? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's still hitting it Like, man, Machado, Bogarts hasn't really been himself. Uh, but other than that, you look at all the three lineups and you say the Mets also, in the Mets case, Lindor has been struggling all year. Alonso, the guy, he's, he's my personal level player. He's not mm-hmm. hitting. And you're looking at guys like <clears throat> Brandon Nimmo is having a great year. But then you look at guys like Tommy Pham. You look at guys like Mark Cano. You look at guys, the younger guys, even Francisco Alvarez is having a good year. There's just a lot of pressure on the core guys on, on, on each team who obviously they should be producing. But when they don't hit, you know, they, there's not there's not enough depth in order to carry themselves in order to win to win games without those guys hitting. Well, like in the Yankees' case, the Yankees are now on a four game losing streak. They just got swept by the Angels, uh, which hasn't happened in I think it was what 20 years. So I, I just think that the biggest takeaway here is that these teams need to round out their lineups. Uh, if they really want to turn things around, and you know, obviously the the biggest the the biggest thing is just getting you know your stars right, you know, getting John Carlos back on track, getting Anthony Rizzo back on track, and obviously getting Judge healthy. And in the Padres' case, Soto, Machado, Bogarts, those are three big names. So I just think that there's a lot that needs. To happen for these three teams to turn things around. I think that there's a both three teams have dug himself into pretty deep holes. The Padres, Yankees, and Mets. Out of those three teams, the Mets are the farthest out of a wild card spot. They're seven games back. The Padres are second. I think they're six six and a half. The Yankees are three and a half from the Blue Jays. So I think that there's a lot that needs to happen. By the trade deadline by August 1st, I think that all three of these teams really need to think things through. Uh, there is a good like, uh, 13, 12 games left before the trade deadline happens. I think that the Yankees, and I've seen a lot of tweets, uh, saying that the Yankees could be sailors by the deadline, but I really doubt that, uh, just because they are in the best division in baseball. And I was looking, I was, I was talking with uh, my brother about this, actually, the, everyone knows that the Yankees are in the best division in baseball, but I was comparing them where they would stand in other divisions. So... It's, it's pretty wild and because the Yankees are in last place with three games over 500. And if you look at every other division, the Central, they would be tied for first. The West, they would be in third. The AL East, they would be in fourth. The NL Central, they would be in third. uh, And the NL West, they would be in fourth. So, I mean, Not when you got all five teams over over 500, it definitely says something. But for the Yankees, I just... Uh, I'm not going to give my vote of confidence here. I just don't think the Yankees are in their best shape right now. I just don't think they have the lineup. uh, The way that they've been performing, the way that their core guys have just not been there all year and they've been completely idle, I think that the Yankees just won't have the year that i expected them to. And they just don't have a good enough lineup compared to all these other contenders. Uh, I just think that the Padres are much more talented even though they are the the, the are also in very good very good division n l west and they are in a much bigger hole than the Yankees, but I think they have a better chance of finding their way back just because of their talent. The Mets as well also have a lot of talent uh, but I think out of these three teams, I'd probably pick the Yankees or the Mets uh depending on what the Mets are obviously. Worse, and The Yankees are three games over, over 500. But I at the end of the season, I would probably pick the Padres to be over the Yankees, honestly. Uh, the way that the Yankees are playing, I know it's a very hot take uh, just because wow. everyone always expects the Yankees to win games. But uh, the way the Yankees have been playing, uh, in terms of talent, on paper, the Yankee, the Padres should be being, playing better than the Yankees. I think most people know that. Uh, on paper, what do you have? Four of the top players in baseball. It's, you just assume that they win games. They're obviously not. Uh, but uh, I just think that a lot can change between now and the end of the season. But I just don't see the Yankees getting any farther than they are right now. Uh, the Mets, like I said, the Mets and Padres are in a very deep hole right now. Um, I think what needs to happen for them, like I said, is just getting those role players going. Uh, because... Like I said, once you rely on those core guys, and you know they'll have a tough week where they go, I don't know, two for twenty, and then you say, hey, we're losing games. What what are we gonna do? And then the next week they're back on again, and then you win seven games straight. But for these three teams, like I said, money doesn't always win games, and in their case, it's a, and and a team like the Rays, who have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball, uh, and have the second of the most wins in baseball right now. That kind of shows like, hey, it's it could be just about. Strategy and when you have a good strategist, you win games, and the good things come from that. So, I would say that these three teams should mirror the Rays and what they do. Uh, but that's kind of my takeaway from this.
1: Yeah, it's certainly, certainly, it's it's, you know, it's definitely an interesting interesting season season overall. overall. I mean. They're, the, they're, teams, the teams, there's not, so a, not, not a lot of, of sellers. sellers at, you know, projected to at be at the deadline, be there's deadline. not going to be there's a lot necessarily a like a lot of projected like buyers. buyers. Um, we know the Braves, um, the Braves will Braves most likely will be, be a buyer, buyer but, but if you look if you at their, look roster, their roster, where do they, where need, do they the, need the, the help? help? You know, probably bullpen because you could always use some more bullpen. Bullpen guys are a little bit volatile, but how much are you going to give up to get a bullpen guy in there? You know, so it's. It's going to be, going to a, be very a very interesting, interesting trade, trade deadline, deadline uh, to, see uh, to see what what, uh, what these teams what these do, do and who's, who's active and who's buying. buying. I think you're going to have a lot yeah, of teams I'm that are kind of competing for, competing for playoff, playoff spots for that will bet. end up trading, we'll end up with, trading each with each other because, because they're both they're kind totally of middle of the road. road. Only one happens, one happens to be slightly better than the other one. I mean, that's probably because of the the uh, league that they're they're in in. Um, so they got a better shot shot. I mean you look at the AL Central Central, and it's it's the worst worst division division in baseball baseball. you talked about the 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 Yankees Yankees would be tied tied for first place like like, that's the only only division division. where the Yankees would be in first place in like you mentioned so I think it is interesting one note when you look at all these rosters they're very much reliant on playing baseball kind of one one way and that is home runs Um, these teams the Yankees are fifth in home runs in total home runs as a team. Padres are ninth and the Mets are 10. So these three teams are all in the top 10 when it comes to home runs. Then on the flip side, when you look at them for stolen bases, only the Padres are in the top 10 with 77 total stolen bases. After that, then the next one's going to be the Mets at 75 and the Yankees at 57. So, I think what you're seeing with the teams that are having success, they have kind of some multiple avenues to getting runs. It's not just solely reliant on hitting home runs um, and kind of getting guys on base. And then that way it's not a solo shot. It's some, you know, multi RBI home run, but these three teams in particular, that's kind of how they're, they're built and they're constructed. I mean, it, their team batting average is 234 for the pods, 238 for the Mets, 230 for the Yankees. Um, so it's, you know, granted league average is 248. So they're not too far off of that, but you know, it does, again, helps play into the fact that these teams are kind of built for modern baseball, which is the all or nothing approach. Like we're going to hit a home run or we're going to strike out, um, you know, now granted, with that being said, the Pods, the Yanks, and the Mets are all below league average in team total strikeouts. The, the Pods are kind of close. The league average is 826 strikeouts for, for the team, and the Podgers are 818, Yanks 794, and the Mets 750. So um, they're not totally in that you know category of all or nothing home runs or strikeouts, but they are kind of close to it, especially when you look at some of the other teams that are having success in in baseball and kind of playing towards um, the playoffs and stuff like that. They're a little bit more just kind of one-sided. And I think that's probably a bigger reason why why these teams are struggling. They've got guys who can hit home runs, but they don't have a lot of players around them or doing a good enough job of getting on base so when your big slurs come up and hit those home runs, It's not, it's just, not a one just a one-run, run, you know, scoring scoring, scoring, play, scoring play that you have there. It's a multiple, it's a multiple run, and run. home runs can home change the outcome the out of the, the game. game. Home runs to get you back in, back but again, if, if you're, you're down three nothing. And you hit a, solo, a solo shot, shot. Cool, cool. You're still, down, you're still three, down three, you know, you're still down, you're still two, down runs. two runs. Um, so, so you need two more two solo home runs to get back, to get back, into, back into it. In and sure where if you, you get guys in front of you, get base, base, you, the you get on base, and then you hit the home you run. run, you tie it up. Tied a, perfect a perfect example is going to be last night at the Mariners versus the Twins. Mariners lost again. They're starting to become a joke at this point, and we won't talk about them. We can say it for another day. But they're down three nothing to the Twins. They got a couple guys on, and then Eugenio Suarez hits a a three-run three home, run run home run to tie the game. And, like, that's that's a big momentum shift there. And they're actually, as a fan here, I was like, okay, they've been poor all night, but they're tied up. Maybe they can get one run in here or they can get two extras and they can have that guy in second. They've got a good bullpen. Maybe they can squeak out a win that they probably shouldn't have, you know, in the first place. Um, maybe it can happen. That didn't come close to coming to first and all the, like I said, the Mariners lost. But, like, that's kind of what you kind of need for these teams that have a lot of home run hitters. Is you got to have guys that get on base ahead of them. So you got to have guys that aren't necessarily big home run hitters. And the Mets, the Pods, and the Yanks, they don't necessarily have a lot of guys who fit that mold or aren't necessarily doing that year. And, you know, I think... Personally, I think all three of these teams should look at being sellers at the deadline because all these teams you can make a good case that they're very top heavy. They're going to be reliant on their star players winning them games, and we've seen the season that's not been a winning winning record. So trade some players away. Trade some of your big players away. Get some guys that are going to be a little bit more role players, or get some guys that are help in in the rotation. Um, as we talked about, all these teams could use some more starting pitching help. Um, So, you know, just be specific in targeting who you're, you're, you know, who they're going after. And like, like I said, trading away a player like Max Scherzer, he should bring you in a decent haul. If you're not asking too much, I think the Mets, you know, should look at trading Max Scherzer and kind of come in two ways. Do we go for one really high quality player or do we go for several you know, lower quality players. So, kind of a quality versus quantity aspect of it. And with the Mets, that I think the latter might be a little bit better of a route to go, considering their starting rotation is Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, and then a lot of crossing of fingers and hoping we get good starts from guys who haven't been good all season long, um, like Jose Quintana, uh, David Peterson, Carlos Carrasco. And like I said, they don't have anybody in the minors that they can turn to and say, hey. This is our future ace of the staff. We're gonna call him up, throw him in, see what we got from it. They don't have that. The guys they have in the minors are going to be back end rotation guys uh, and possibly be in, in the bullpen. So, uh, you know, look for teams that have a lot of starting pitchers, especially in their their depth in the farm system. A team that comes in mind is the Seattle Mariners. They've got Emerson Hancock. Uh, Brian Wu has been really good for them. Uh, Go after somebody like the Mariners. See if you can't get a couple prospects in there who maybe aren't your number ones, but they could be number ones on on your team because you don't have anybody better. Maybe they're better off being a number two, but still – that would be a nice addition for any of these teams to get um, somebody like that who could be closer to the front line starter guy uh, and just getting some more players that will fit and be complementary pieces to your stars because that's really what you need um, in order for these teams
0: to kind of really have some big success. Well, like you said, that, that's kind of the inherent risk of building your team out of home run hitters because once you, like you said, once you rely on the long ball and you don't get that, and your long ball hitters are struggling, and when your entire pay- payroll is taken up by guys who hit home runs, and, you know, home runs don't come every day. So when that doesn't happen, like you said, you're looking, you're tuned to your guys, your contact hitters, and when you don't have a lot of that. And when those contact hitters are guys that are below average hitters on the, on the daily, uh, then you just don't have a potent team. Because when when these guys are struggling, when you're 300-plus million guys like... Soto, Stanton, Machado, those type of guys uh then you just don't win games, so like you said, I think that these three teams should definitely target to buy, even though, like I said before, there's been a lot of tweets about all three of these teams potentially selling, which is obviously not ideal because you know they all these three of these teams are capable of being very uh being contenders, and everyone knows that these three teams are very prestigious teams. Uh, Because they spend a lot of money, they get the big names, and sometimes it just doesn't pan out. Because when they're struggling, you lose games. And that's what happens. So I think it's just more about maybe these teams, all three teams should be buying. Um, Because at least for them, I would say for the Mets, uh, it might be a little too late just because they're really out. Uh, In the division itself, and just, you know, they're just, I mean, they're five games under 100. Padres are what four games under 500 they're four no sorry eight four sorry four guys so why are the Giants why are the Giants ahead of them oh I'm looking Giants at it wrong 13, I was looking at it wrong never mind uh the Giants have 54 wins um I think the Mets and Padres are sort of in a similar hole uh they're both in fourth place they have a similar record. The Padres have one more win, the same amount of losses. I think they have a similar, in a similar spot, just because uh, everyone knows what their lineups can do when these guys are right, and everyone knows that they they have the talent to win games. And you know, when having a guy like Francisco Lindor, who's one of the best shortstops in the game, then he just just doesn't hit. Uh, then it's kind of like, hey, you know, we sent, we we spent a lot of money on this guy. Uh, we gave him everything he wanted, because we thought that he would be the player to help us win games, and he's not. So then it's sort of like, hey, let's turn to a guy like a, a young Brett Beatty, who is just out of AAA, who really tore up the minor leagues. Let's turn to a guy like Francisco, Francisco Alvarez, who's another very young and has he's a, been a bright future ahead of him. He's been hot, yeah. Uh, but when you turn to guys like that who don't have experience in MLB and, you know, while they have been tearing it up when but when, when time like, time comes for the playoffs, you don't know how they're going to perform. And when you have a playoff spot, then it's just... You're not getting there. So, uh, I do think that out of all these three teams, I think the Yankees will be the biggest buyers. Uh, I still think that Padres and Mets should consider being buyers. But... I don't know. I, I, I just I just don't know because I think that there's still a, like a good amount of time for these three teams to turn things around. We still have more than over half, not half, uh, we have a little under half a season left. Uh, where Less are we? Than 70
1: games now at this point. Yeah. Because coming I mean, out of the All Star week like there's uh, about 70 games.
0: 76, 70, around 77, 78. So a little over half a season, sorry. Uh, 83, 84 games left. So there's there's a lot of game, a lot of play left in the season. So I think that there's a lot of chances and there's a lot of opportunities to turn things around. Um, but we'll see. You know, you never know what Steve Cohen's going to gonna pull from his uh, magic pocket. You never know what Cashman's going to do, even though he did nothing in the offseason. And you never know what the Padres are going to do. There's a lot that really could change. So uh, I'm going to wait it out a little more. Uh, like I said, these three teams are in very deep holes right now. But I do think that... One thing could just turn it around. Um, so this is a little bit we kind of switched it up today. Usually we talk about. I mean, Chris already got to the awards already last episode because I wasn't there. Uh, that would have been a fun topic to because we always argue and everything. Oh, we can still um, talk
1: about it. I just I I take it more as like looking, looking. These are the, the guys, guys right now so who are kind of kind the of front of runners forward. for it. So, so as we get close to the, the end of the been year, been like we can definitely circle back, circle back and back. see. How many of those guys actually, actually came through, through and crossed the, the finish line, or are going, going to cross going the, the finish line. line? How many guys I mean, kind of guys fell kind by of the fell wayside? By so.
0: So. Yeah, so, yeah, that, uh, that definitely could be a fun episode. We definitely should uh, reminisce a little bit once we get to the to the final episode of the season. We should be like, hey, let's look at the past episodes and see what we predicted, or yeah. you know, when we when we picked our place to level players, let's let's go back at them. say so like, hey, where is he at? Uh, you know, is as he turned things around? Did he did he fall back even more? But for now, uh, we're going to close this baby out. Um, like I said, this, this is our first episode, me and Chris. And really since I think our last episode together was June 21st. That was b- the one before the Ed Stein one. I, I wasn't there for Ed Stein. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for today, I hope you guys still, uh, like this episode. Make sure to check it out. Spotify, YouTube. Please check it out on YouTube. Subscribe to YouTube. Sh- YouTube. Share with all your friends. That's that's our newest uh, spot where we promote our stuff. It's, uh, now that we're on video, we, and we connect with SportsNOT, and we got all the uh, graphics and stuff here on YouTube. We have a full account. Uh, season sports Not and our YouTube account. Mm-hmm. It's called The Replacement Level Podcast on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. Other than that, check out Apple Podcast, Spotify. Give a like, share it. Hope you guys enjoy this episode, and enjoy the rest of your week.